Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day. And that's important for our faith to continue to be in God's word as much as we can be because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So even though these short studies are only about 13 or 14 minutes long, usually, but it keeps us in God's word and that helps us to stay strong and grow stronger in our faith. It's really an excellent exercise in staying strong spiritually and even growing stronger. We encourage you always to share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help somebody grow in their faith. Help somebody become stronger spiritually and maybe even get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So make that commitment today. Start sharing every day with everyone you can. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about God's grace and Jesus Christ being the fulfillment of God's grace. Now, again, we try to figure out ways to express in, 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 a, in a way that, you know, is logical, that is, I guess, fully explanatory of what God's grace really is. So we come up with some things because it's difficult to put it into words in a kind of a succinct definition form. God's grace. God's grace is far beyond whatever kind of grace that we can exhibit as human beings toward one another. God is unlimited in his grace. And, and he, he, he graciously blesses us in ways that we don't even realize a lot of times. So how do we put it into words? How do we try to get the, the sense fully as to just what God's grace really is and what it means for us. Well, we say technically it is God's grace is God's unmerited favor, his loving kindness toward man. Unmerited favor means we don't earn his grace, and yet he exhibits favor upon us in different ways, lots of different ways. Anyway, we don't earn it. He's not obligated to do that for us but he does it anyway, and that's God's grace. We say, all God, no me. I'd like that. But still, we say, okay, but, but here's what we're really kind of focusing upon in this particular study and this line of thought. God's riches at Christ's expense and so it's an acronym. The beginning letter of uh, the first letter of each of those words spells grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. Grace. As we illustrated, justice is getting what you deserve. We understand the principle of justice. Someone commits a crime, they're brought before a court of law, and the sentence is the passing of justice. We say judgment, but the sense within that judgment is justice upon that individual. They're getting what they deserve. Maybe it's a fine, maybe it's incarceration for a period of time, but we say justice, getting what you deserve. Mercy, on the other hand, is not getting what you deserve. And so the person goes before a court of law, 
guilty of some crime, some action, and yet judgment is passed, you're forgiven. You're forgiven of that charge. The judgment is that you'll be set free. They don't get what they deserve. That's mercy. Grace surpasses justice and surpasses mercy because grace is receiving good from God that you do not deserve, that you do not deserve. Now, what is the perhaps the most succinct and also profound and in-depth explanation of that principle? God's grace, getting good from God that you don't deserve. How can we put it best in words? Jesus Christ. Now again, that acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense, boil it down even more. Jesus Christ, God's grace. In the most visible way, Jesus Christ is the personification, the fulfillment of God's grace. We talked about that perhaps most familiar of all verses of Scripture in the entire Bible. John chapter 3 and verse 16. Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Where are we pertaining to our sin without Christ? We're lost. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Physical death is a reality, a consequence of reality of sin. Going back to Genesis chapters 2 and 3, chapter 2 and verse uh, verse 17, God told the man in the garden, there's this one tree in the garden. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't touch it. You don't don't have anything to do with it. In the day that you eat of it, you're going to die. In the third chapter, when the devil tempted his wife and that man to disobey God and eat the fruit of that particular tree, physical death became a reality. They were removed from the garden wherein was the tree of life. And so physical death became a reality. But they also died spiritually that day because sin separates us from God. Isaiah 59 and verse 2. But eternal death, eternal condemnation and hell is the ultimate reality, the ultimate reality of sin, a lifestyle of sinfulness that is not forgiven because the individual has not come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness. In Revelation Revelation 21 and verse 8, notice the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And that is a vivid description of hell. Now, what did Paul say again in Romans 6 and verse 23? The wages of sin is death. But then 
pointed to the other side of the spectrum. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's God's grace. That's God's grace. Getting good from God that we do not deserve. And that helps us understand what Paul wrote in the fifth chapter of Romans. And it's basically a parallel. It just becomes perhaps more pointed in the wording than what Jesus said in John 3.16. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, Paul wrote, God exhibits or God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. If we go back to verse 6, Paul wrote, when we were still without strength, in due time or at the right time, Christ died for us. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, enemies of God because of our sin, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Dead in our sins. Dead spiritually and facing eternal death, that is eternal condemnation in hell because of our sinfulness. But God sent Jesus to that cross to die in our place, in our place. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, or demonstrated, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. My God's grace. And as we noted last time, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, the Hebrews writer talks about this exhibit or exhibition, demonstration of God's grace in sending Christ to the cross for us. We see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels in that he took human form, for the suffering, for the suffering of death, he came into this world to die for us. We see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. We've got a second chance not just on life in this world, but we got a second chance on eternal life in heaven by the grace of God, not by our doing, not because we earned it, not because we're supposed to get this reward. We got a second chance on eternal life by God's grace 
through Jesus dying on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God's grace. We're going to look further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we'll never be worthy of your grace. But please guide us to live as worthily as we can. And in our life, lived to your glory, to the best of our ability, make your grace toward us worthwhile. Thank you for Jesus. Praise be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.